Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. All right, thanks for joining us, everybody. It's time for Turning Two with Booney. I'm Rich Rare, executive producer of the Brett Boone Podcast, so every once in a while I take over, move into the big chair. We have a special, special edition of Turning Two with Booney. In fact, we got two Boons joining us. Uh, Brett calls him, well, we we affectionately call him Uncle Aaron on the podcast. I won't say what they call him in Boston. Brett calls him Artie. The rest of the world calls him the skipper of the New York Yankees. Brett, little brother Aaron, joins us here on the Boone podcast. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing well. Good to be on with you guys. Brett, say hi to your brother. Hi, Artie. Hello. we, we, We chat. We chat. We're in contact. You know, I, I leave them alone when, you know, when the when the winds are are uh, not coming at the rate he wants. But uh, all in all, yeah, we stay in contact throughout the year. So, Arn, welcome to the program. I'm excited to be on the program here on a little off day in, in the in in New York. Well, OK, so let, let me ask you this, Aaron, when when your brother calls you and you guys talk quite a bit and he says, you know, Arnie. I'm going to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start a podcast. What, what what went through your mind? You know, again, you're a professional broadcaster all that time at ESPN. When your big brother says, hey, I want to get into this broadcasting thing and I'm going to do a podcast, what did you think? I thought, um, <clears throat> I didn't necessarily see it initially um, because just my experience in broadcasting and doing it for a long time, one of the hardest things to do is for us athletes or ex-athletes to interview. Like I, it was the hardest thing I, I had to do at ESPN was having to interview people. And um, it's, a, it's definitely a skill you've got to develop. And uh, so I was unsure how he'd be at it. And I'm, I'm proud to say, I think he's great at it. I'm, I, and I'm surprised I come across people all the time. Hey, I did your brother's podcast, man. He's really good. I'm like, I know I, it's, it's a tough skill to develop, you know, cause we, I always, I always joke like, you know, I'll be watching ESPN or MLB network and you get the, you get the baseball player on there and they, they're interviewing another player. And basically their questions are a lot of times. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are good at it, but a lot of times it's, they tell you everything they know or they think you're going to say in their question. And then they, and the guy's like, yeah, I agree with you. You know, it's like, so it's hard to listen 
uh, and just ask and, and, and let the athlete or the person you're interviewing tell you. So, Brett, when you would watch Aaron on ESPN, what was going through your mind when he first started? I'll tell you, it's different. And Aaron Price sees this when he watches me because we're brothers. So we're going to be not that we're critical, but we've we grew up together. We know each other as good as you can know each other. So when when Aaron would say something, I'll start laughing, smiling <laughs> like they have no clue that he's just snowing him right now. Aaron knows the same thing with me. <laughs> and and I think about I think at time to time people that are close to me when they're watching, you know, to the general public that, you know, I'll get the feedback. I really enjoy your podcast. It's great the way you set up the questions. I laugh. I, Hey, I say, thank you. It, this has been a lot of work, Rich. I mean, I've, I've been on a, I've learned a lot in this process, but in the back of my mind, certain interviews where, where I know Aaron's interested in that guest uh, and he might, he might tune in a little bit close friends of mine that know me very well. Uh, my parents to to a degree, but they're still parents. So they love you no matter what you do. I do think, is Aaron watching or Maddie? Because they're going to know I'm full of, you know what, right now with this. And Aaron's sitting there going, come on, Brett, that's a bunch of BS. You don't believe what you're saying right there. So I do have that uh, seep into my mind a little bit, but but it goes away because I know, hey, I'm fooling the rest of the rest of the, the people listening. So when, when people say they've come on the podcast, and they listen, Aaron, what do they tell you? They basically, uh, it, you know, I always come across people and it's like, hey, I was on your brother's podcast. Uh, it was really, really good. He's 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 really good at this. I said, I know who would have thought who would have thought, you know, that he's um, yeah, it's been fun to listen to a lot of them. Um, and then a lot of people say are offended that they haven't been on the podcast yet. In fact, I, I came across someone the other day that was like, I'll leave, I'll, I'll give you guys the name off air that said, how come I haven't been on the podcast? So you get a lot of that going on now. So you're in high demand, which is good. Sean McDonough was talking about it last weekend. That's the person he's talking about. I'll bet. Oh, oh, we already got it back that Sean's like, how come I haven't been on the podcast? Arna, yesterday I was I was driving up to Maddie's house. Maddie, for those of you listening to the Boom Pod, Maddie's our little brother. Matthew. And I went, uh, I was going up there to, you know, for a Father's Day gathering. I was listening. Uh, to Joe Castaglione on the on your broadcast, and uh, I started texting with him, and I heard Sean in the background. Sean and I we don't know each other that well, but we've done some events together. And sure enough, he came right on air, and he goes, "And by the way, I haven't been invited, and I'm you know this and that." So I said, "Tell Sean he's invited now." Now I hope I hope he doesn't take it as a slight, like oh, just because Brett heard me, now he's inviting me. I would have invited Sean a long time ago. I had no way to get a hold of him. I don't have his number. Well, yeah. well, now we know. Um, something came up with the podcast the other day, Aaron. Uh, we were talking to your mom and dad. They came on with Turning Two with Booney, and they were talking about um, their son, Aaron, who um, gets on television a lot. And my wife likes watching the video, the John Boy videos, where they mm-hmm. lip read when you get run. And and yeah. I was telling I was telling uh, Brett the other day, you know, there's fantasy football for umpire or fantasy baseball for umpires. Uh-huh. On you know who's going to get the most ejections of the year, and I think you're right near the leaderboard. You and David Bell are going toe to toe in the in the fantasy leagues of umpires. Yeah, well, uh, umpires. Uh, you mean managers? 
No, the umpires they get you know you oh you, you umpire umpire fantasy to, league to oh, run that's... somebody oh, uh, and in uh, and Aaron and David Bell are right up on top of the list. <laughs> Phil Nevin's clipping on our heels too. He is. Too. I saw I saw Phil the other day. I, I'm not getting kicked out for a while. I haven't been kicked out for a while. I I had one rough week. Uh, other than that, I've only getting been kicked out once. Three in like a six seven day stretch. Your mom told us though that and, and Brett's told us this as well. You you stand up for your players. You're passionate for your players, and that's something you probably picked up from your dad. Um, I don't know. Maybe I, you know, yeah, I I do. There's there's certain things that, um, you know, I really are am passionate and fight for. You know, we are we have always preached and and are on our players about controlling the strike zone, um, and so it, it's something that I because I know as a player like not being as good as some of the guys that I've gotten to manage. Like there were times I was up there and I didn't have the nerve to take one in that big spot in a couple inches off the play. I was going to go touch it and hit some weak grounder or whatever. And, you know, it takes a lot of nerve to be able to sit up there and take a three, two pitch an inch and a half off the plate. And if you do it and you do it well, you know, I'm going to fight for that. And, uh, so, you know, sometimes it gets a little escalated. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's, I, I got to ask you a bunch of stuff because we talk about you on the podcast quite a bit, Uncle Aaron. So, look, first of all, let me just ask you this. Tell me about being Brett's little brother. So that's split up into now I'm 50. He's 54. So, you know, it's, it's, it's broken up in segments of our life. So, you know, growing up in Philly and Jersey, um, you know, so when we were grade school kids, it was, it was great. You know, he was obviously he's four years older than me, but he kind of let me tag along with him. And, and I, I think I give a lot of credit to me developing at whatever to be the athlete that I was a lot because I got to tag along with my older brother and, you know, I had to, I had to figure it out to keep up, you know? So whether we were, uh, playing wiffle ball, basketball, football. I was playing with older kids and I had to figure it out to be able to hang because they weren't really going that easy on me. So, um, and I think that served me well, athletically speaking, as I moved through high school and into college and, and on into pro baseball. So um, he was great in that regard. Took me everywhere with him. Well, most places with him. I'm sure there are certain things he'd leave me behind. Um, uh, but he drugged me along a lot when I was a little kid. Then when we were in high school and, and college, you know, we went to different high schools four years apart. So we just just missed each other like at SC or in, or in high school and just cool older brother. And then when I got into pro ball, um, coming up through the red system and then getting to, you know, basically when I became a starter at the major league level, Brett was the second baseman and established. So I got to. I got to play in the same infield with him for, you know, the final probably 50 games of, of 1998. And that was, that was awesome. And to have a big brother there that was established, um, you know, I, I think it, I think it helped my, uh, I guess, big league development and, and feeling like made it a little easier for me to stick just because I knew guys on the team better because of him I had a place to stay. I had a mentor and a brother and an older player that kind of could take me under his wing a little bit. So, um, 
He's been, he's been, he's, I've, I've been lucky. Uh, he's been a great older brother all these years. I always say now he's, he's, Hey, he's turned out too. He's turned out to be all right. You know, uh, <laughs> we, we, we went through some, some, some forests to get there, but he's turned out all right. And now he's, he's almost like the most mature boon. Well, now how much credit does Brett, should you take? How much credit should the little man take? How much should should Stoltz take? Because he's the one who he's the one I understand would say, "Come on, Aaron's going to come with us." Or Brett would go, "I don't want to bring." And Stoltz would go, "No, come on, Aaron's coming with us." Shut up, Brett. I'll tell you, Aaron. Kidding aside, Aaron was a fun little brother because he had a lot of intangibles. He was very entertaining, uh, and yeah. I always had a soft spot for Aaron and always wanted to bring my brother along. But like any brotherly uh, relationships, there were certain times when I was a kid, like we're not bringing the little the little kid with us. Come on. And there was a, a friend of ours. It's a mutual friend still to this day. Uh, it's the Mark Stoltz, the little man you referred to uh, him and his brother, Eric, were we're we grew up our whole lives together right down the street and Mark, the elder, he's, he was older than me. He wasn't really a guy I hung out with when we were doing neighborhood things. We were going to play dunk ball. We were playing wiffle ball. Like Aaron mentioned, we're, you know, at any game, I'd be like, no, I'm not bringing Aaron. He can't hang with the guys that are going to be there today. And, and the little man, Mark was always Aaron's biggest cheerleader. Like, no, he's coming. He's coming. And Mark was kind of the, the strong man of the group. You know, he kind of ran the show. Like if, if anything happens, you don't want to get in trouble with Mark because he was just bigger and stronger than us. So Mark was his biggest advocate when, when those few times where I'm like, come on, Aaron's not coming to this one. He can't hang. I know who's coming to this, this football game and Aaron's not going to be able to run it. Mark would be like, no, Aaron's coming. If, if, if he can't play, he'll announce the game, which, which Aaron did a lot. Uh, so I look back at our childhood and I have just fond memories. I mean, I, I told mom and dad, we we're having Aaron on the, on the program this week and I needed some pictures from our childhood. And I, and my mom, of course, mom's going to send like 50,000 pictures to me. And I just see little uh, pictures of Aaron as a little kid. And it brings back memories because he was that guy. I mean, he was, I was just the, you know, kind of, I wouldn't, I will never say I was a normal kid, but I was a kid that basically liked running around chasing girls and playing every sport possible where Aaron had a little more to him. He was, he before the Phillies game started, he had to have his field set up and it was going to be there. And if you weren't going to play, you had to sit in the other room. He was going to announce the game. Uh, he just had a, a little more to him than, than the rest of us little kids that basically, like I said, like chasing girls and, and, and playing sports, Aaron had that, that component, the entertainment component that, that, uh, everybody enjoyed, especially, you know, my buddies, I got to see it on a daily basis. I lived with him. But uh, he he was a, he was a lot of fun as a little brother growing up with. Him. Yeah, and, the, I have to and ask the little man, the little man did always whenever it got too. He, he was he was a little bit of a protector too because they would they would beat up on me a little bit. But if it got too far, Mark would step in, and, and he he wasn't the little man back then. He was bigger than everyone back then. He's just the he, little did, man. he just right. He just never grew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so I have to hear about the announcing because. Um, Sue told us the whole story that there was the two couches with dugout that she said, by the time you got done watching the game, you were just sitting there dripping with sweat. You'd, you'd pitch, you'd, you'd sing the national anthem, you'd announce. Uh, Brett's told us when the games got too, uh, too physical for, 
for you and they say, okay, you know, Aaron, come over here on the side. You'd stand there and you announce the games. I, I got to hear that story from, from your perspective, Aaron. Well, you know, we're actually, we're, 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 I think we we're in Seattle a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we're out there for batting practice and, uh, you know, the music's playing over the loudspeaker. We're taking BP and, and the music that comes on is the music from this week in baseball. And I'm even going around to coaches of mine, players. I'm like, you know what that song is, right? Da -da 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 and and they're, no, what's that? I'm like, jeez, it's this week in baseball, man. So every, I mean, every Saturday, like the game of the week was was huge, you know, like baseball bunch, game of the week. So I was, uh, yeah, I turned our living room into a diamond and I just played all the players and watched the games and, would announce them and you know like i think one of the reasons when i got done playing that i got into broadcasting and espn was you know i'm one of those guys that's very i'm very nostalgic um but i love listening to like uh i love listening to baseball on the radio so a lot of times when i'm coming home from a day game you know uh or even a night game for that matter on my way home like on my satellite radio i'll tune into whatever game's on still going on and love listening to it on the radio. And I think that goes back to like, I remember falling asleep when the Phillies were on the road, or if I wasn't at a game at home and, you know, Harry Callis and Richie Ashburn and Chris Wheeler, like, you know, it's like a little bit of a soundtrack of my childhood. Well, so is this week in baseball and Mel Allen and all that. And yeah, I used to just, you know, every Saturday for sure. Uh, you know, after my games or whatever, I was, I was, Posted up in the living room, watching this week in baseball, playing, announcing, doing it all. Talk to us about your childhood and running around Philadelphia and Anaheim later. Brett's told us stories about uh, you guys chasing the Philly fanatic around and harassing him, and uh, running around like you owned the ballpark in Philadelphia. And then when Brett became a bat boy and he was overthrowing Reggie Jackson in the outfield, uh, warming him up. What do you remember most about growing up around the ballpark around your dad? Yeah, um, really, I can't, I can't imagine a better childhood. I mean, you know, dad got to the big leagues at the end of 72. I was born in the spring of 73, and basically he was done my senior year in high school. So it's all I knew till I was 17, 18 years old. Um, and for a great portion of that, Brett and I were at the yard with with our dad, you know, and in Philly, we were able to do so much and, and we were able to, um, you know, we had a locker in veteran stadium that we shared and we went every day and we're in uni and we had the run of the place. I mean, we shagged, you know, some games, you know, we'd watch behind home plate with the grounds crew and the Philly fanatic would be in and out of there all the time. Um, so it was just such and, and, and watching a lot of great teams, uh, and great players. It was just so much fun, even though, you know, my dad, let's see, he played <clears throat> till 81. So I was eight, but those memories. So I remember the, those days when I was five, six, seven, eight years old, very well. And I think it was be, just because we're, we're around it all the time and allowed to be around it all the time. And, uh, and then going out to Anaheim, you know, eventually we moved out there, obviously, um, you know, more, more outstanding players and great teams to be around. And we're able to, to do a lot. And, and it's something that I'm very grateful 
to to our dad for like and now looking back on it like pretty awesome that he took us as much as he did and i think part of it is we knew how to act we knew how to be around the the big leagues we knew how to be around the clubhouse we knew how to disappear when the time was right you didn't have to tell us like we knew and that was a product of being around those environments all the time so Sue's told us about the Phillies uniform that you got for Father's Son's Day that you would wear out there. She said she still has your uniforms. Uh, Brett, if we told if you told Aaron about Dusty Baker, what he said about Darren and how he watched oh, you guys and that inspired yeah. him. Yeah, I haven't. It was a pretty cool story, Arn. Uh we had Dusty on recently. And and Dusty was a guy that, you know, and I think Aaron will probably agree with me on this. He's a guy we played against. Uh he played against our father as a player. We played against him as players. He's usually in the other dugout managing, but um, he's a guy that makes you feel like you know him. So I, I was I was excited to have him on on the show. We sat with him this actually the the winter meetings this past winter yeah. meeting, and we had a great conversation. And he he kind of confirmed uh, that reputation that Dusty has out out in the baseball world of just an unbelievable guy. And he didn't disappoint. And he came on, and and I was telling stories because. Like you, our childhood's unbelievable. It's something I think as kids we couldn't appreciate at the time. But some of my fondest memories, and I know yours, were from our childhood and and those great Phillies teams and those those Angels teams. But I was talking to Dusty, and I don't know how it came up. We were talking about his postseason run, I think, in – I think it was uh, 02? Is that right, Rich? Yeah. They lost and, the you know, when the, the famous – when J.T. Snow comes across and rescues Dusty's kid. And Dusty, Dusty stopped me when I was talking to him about that series. And he said, Booney, you know what? He goes, do you know why my kid was there? And I said, no idea. He said, when I was a young man and I was playing for the Dodgers, every time we'd come to Philadelphia, we'd see you and your brother running around. And I would sit out in the dugout and watch you guys and see how much fun you were having. And he said, and I always made a promise to myself, when I have a kid, if it's possible, I want to give him your experience that I was witnessing. He goes, so that play at home plate, he said, I get tribute that to you and the Boone boys. Cause when I was playing, I thought one day I'm going to do it. He goes, and that's the reason it came. It kind of blew me away a little wow. bit, you know, dusty being our elder and kind of dad's age. You don't think that he said, but those, those memories of coming to Philly and watching you guys in your unis running around, he goes, I always thought I want to, I want my kids to, to grow up like the Boone kids did. And, and I thought it was a pretty cool story because nobody, you know, you, you think about us running around in Philly, we never think we're, we're inspiring anybody. We're just out there being a pain in the ass. I think Aaron <laughs> makes, I think Aaron makes a good point when we knew how to act somehow dad taught us without actually words on how to behave. So, so if we, if they just lost a big game, something's happened. They weren't on a good run. They were, you know, they were one, one and one and eight in their last nine appearance uh, games. We knew to kind of be out of sight, out of mind. Now that wasn't going to let dad off the hook. I was still going to tell him we're going to the ballpark pops. And I don't care if we've got to, we've got to stay in the tunnel at the end. We're, we're putting our spikes on. So we hear the clicks as we walk. Yeah. The clicks. Man. And we're going to go, we're, we're going. And, and sometimes I'd win that argument. Sometimes I wouldn't, but it was a look. It was a, a body language from dad where you knew, Hey, now's not the time we got to get our, get our crap and get out of here. We might go to the lounge. We might go hang out behind whole plate, but we knew what to do. And, and I think that 
that bought us a lot of rope on on being able to hang out the yard. No doubt. It definitely bought us a lot of rope. Yeah. Not even just the obvious ones, but just those subtle things that come up, I think, in the course of a major league day, in the course of a major league season. Like when you've got that savvy and moxie to be able to like have that feel to get the heck out of the way, that does earn you more rope. I'll tell you this, this Rich, and this is a funny thing. Aaron, like I said, he Aaron's younger than me. So I was kind of the elder statesman. I got, you know, I got the bat boy in spring training, but my dad was pretty, he, he was a rule follower. That's like Aaron. Aaron's a rule follower. There, there are a lot of like it that way. I was kind of that one on the edge. Like I'll follow the rules to, to a degree and I'm going to push the envelope. So I'm getting to an age where I think, Hey, I can bat boy in, during the regular season. Well, my dad was, that was not what you did. Once that game started and he had to go to work, it was time for Brett to leave, and I'd push that envelope because, and I used to get so pissed and so jealous of a young Pete Rose Jr. when he got traded to the Phillies because he had carte blanche. We had a great childhood, but Petey was like one of the one of the players. I mean, he had like the players' uniform. He had two roads, two home. Me and Aaron had to wear our uh, our home unis on the road sometimes. We're thinking, Bob Boone, you tight ass, whip out for a road uni. <laughs> So, I want the powder blue zip down. Let's go. Right. We want the, And Petey Jr. acted like he was a player. I mean, he'd get them delivered with his name on them. That it came from the same company. Me and Aaron are getting knockoffs. Mom's sewing our numbers on at home. A little <laughs> bit different. But that's how Bob Boone was. And, I mean, and and those attributes that he possessed makes him who he is. I mean, he's an unbelievable man. But I, I just remember, you know, pushing the envelope. And, and I just knew. That look, I'd push it right up to, and that look dad would give me, that meant, Brett, you're out of rope. You better leave or you're going to lose some privilege. And I knew right then I'd grab Aaron and said, let's get the hell out of here before dad gets really bad. We want, <laughs> we want to come to the ballpark tomorrow. <laughs> Aaron, did you appreciate, did you understand what you were experiencing? I mean, you're with Hall of Famers, you're with Lefty, you're with Bull, you're with Schmitty, all these guys that you're around, and you know, they're 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 just your dad's friends. Yeah, um, I would say impossible to say I totally appreciated it because you when you're just it, it's your life and you're living. Um I knew I loved it. <laughs> I knew I, you know, I knew I was like my life and a happy kid and loved being around the game and being around great players and friends and everything. So, uh, but I think, but I think you do gain a, a deeper appreciation, uh, you know, once your childhood o- is over and you look back on it and you have a little more perspective on the world and, and wisdom and you realize just how fortunate you were to be uh, in a, in a pretty special environment with, with great parents. Was your clubhouse like that during spring? Do you like having when the, when the players bring their kids around? Oh, I love it. Um, and th- I mean, that's one of the things though about today's game that, you know, they don't get the run like we did, you know, you don't right. have, there's just more layers of, you know, rules and, and different things that you're not allowed to do. And, um, but yes, I love, there's nothing better than, than seeing, you know, especially after a victory, like seeing some of the, whether it's toddlers coming in or whether it's some of the even that have some older kids that you get to see, um, you know, one of my favorite Luis uh, Rojas, our third base coach, his son, Louie, I think he's 11. They come early and hit every day. And 
uh, they'll be in the cages and, and little Louie is just awesome personality, very charismatic kid. And it's always fun to just pass him in the halls or, you know, Carlos Mendoza, when their kids are here, his kids are here, they'll be down hitting early and to have them pass by my office and say hello and just kind of, it, it brings you back a little bit. And, and I do love seeing and, and, you know, getting to know our families and the kids a little bit as well. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 